Welcome to another Dr. James show. I'm Dr. James A. Smith Jr. and I'm thrilled that you can make it. First, I want to say thank you to the Pyramid Club for hosting our show, giving us the platform to come to you every Tuesday from 12 And who else is coming to you from 12 to 1 is my co-pilot, my partner in, you can fill in the blank, Shannon Peck. What's up? Good afternoon. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So excited to have you back. Those of you who are faithful followers and viewers, we're excited to have you back. Those of you who are joining for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. Exciting topic today. So relevant. Um, I'm excited. Again, as usual, I'm taking notes. I'm going to try not to get caught up in my own personal uh, fruit that I'm going to be gaining from, from today's show. So as usual, guys, please participate, participate, participate. If you have an opportunity to ask a question, do so in the chat room. If you have a comment, write it down, send it to me either privately, publicly. Um, we'll do our best to get your questions in uh, to our, our guest, as well as uh, share any comments that you may have uh, within the hour. So, I'm excited, I'm excited. Our guest for today is Tavia Sharp. Tavia is an image and style expert. She's an author, she's a stylist, and she is the CEO of Style Sharp. Tavia, why don't you come on and say hi to the folks and let's dive into this experience. Hello. Hey, welcome. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you today? I'm great. I see you are style sharp. <laughs> yes. Cool, right? Yes. Now, quick question before we even get into the interview. Is sharp your real last name or is that the name of the company that was something creative you made up? Is that the real sharp is my name? Yes. <laughs> I get this question so often. It's it's really funny, but I love it because how perfect, right? It's like sharp. And we use that so much, right? Sharp image, look sharp, get sharp, dress sharp. Mm -hmm. When did you fall in love with this sharp thing, the image, the branding, the style expert? When did you first get the bug? Oof. I mean, I think that started when I was little, young, young Tavia. I, I was a creative. I was an artist. I liked to draw. But at one point, I started making my clothes for my Barbie, and I was picking out outfits for my parents and what to wear to work. So I kind of got this, you know, style, image, fashion bug pretty young. So I knew I wanted to go into fashion. Wow. And yeah, I mean, I fell into it early in high school. I knew I'm, you know, 16 years old, I was going to be a fashion designer because I started looking at magazines and realizing, wow, you know, you could transform your image just by dressing a certain way. And mm -hmm. for me, I was bullied a lot as a kid. And I don't know if a lot oh. of you can relate to that. Yes, right. I was bullied. And a lot of boys made fun of my hair and I had big <laughs> curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> they teased me and so I got teased by the boys and I thought you know what I'm gonna do something about that you know mm -hmm. I'm gonna take my power back and I just I started falling in love with this idea of how we look and how we can transform and be more confident and that really was the journey into my fashion career let's keep going with the journey did you major in fashion in college I mean was yes. still in your mind did you have thoughts of owning your own company or 
take us through that chronological order from going to college and then continuing to grow into who you are today. You know, I just always loved fashion and being creative. So I thought about fashion design as a passion of mine, making clothes, you know, transforming somebody's, the way they look. And um, I fell in love with fashion. I went to school for fashion design. I actually went to school for women's. I studied mm. women's clothes, fashion design, made clothes, made the patterns, sewed, all that. Always knew I was going to move to New York and get a job in the fashion industry. And that's what I did. So after I went to school at University of Delaware, they have a fashion design and merchandising programs where I'm from, Delaware. And I said, New York, got my sights. I wanted to not be a big fish in a small pond. I wanted to be a big fish in a big pond. And I just said, New York is where I'm headed. And I was really super determined to get there. And I had a friend in college that had gotten a job. And I said, you know, I started interviewing and I said, look, you know, I just want to get there. I need to get there. You know, can you get me into this company? And she did. And that's where it started <laughs> from the ground level at 23 years old. Mm -hmm. And at that job, I traveled to China. I was going to the factories. I was watching the sample rooms and, and you know, directing them on how to make the clothes. And it was, it was crazy. I was in it at 23, 24. I think I was going to China and traveling overseas. Oh my. 14 mm -hmm. hours there and 14 hours back, huh? Yeah, and it was exciting. I mean, it was crazy, but it was exciting because you really get to see a whole different way of how clothes are made and um, to have that experience. is like you're more in touch. I think I got more in touch with where things that come from, yeah. you know, as I think we don't really get to experience that when we buy things. Mm -hmm. And that's where I went, wow, okay, this is the process I'm not just directing them, you know, from an office in New York, but actually get to see what's happening, you know, and how it's made and who's making it and the process. And yeah, it was very, um, very eye-opening. Eye-opening. Before I dive into the particulars of what you do and why you do it and, and some questions that I prepared, I want to know first, how did you pivot this year? How did you deal effectively deal with quarantine, the pandemic, reaching your clients, because I believe you're very hands-on. How did you adjust and how are things going right now? That's a good question. I think, you know, like everybody, you know, it was really hard at first. I didn't know because I was doing things one way and, and I was doing some virtual sessions with clients, but I did a lot of hands-on work, especially with the personal styling, personal shopping part. Um, but I realized like, what do people need now is they need tools to, mm. and one thing I teach my clients is how to show up and create a powerful image that makes an impact. So whether that's in person or online, it's both. And I've always been teaching that, but now I focused a lot more on how to create this virtual presence that is still helping you attract those opportunities. And so we're, we're no longer doing in-person networking and client meetings and all that. We are doing things this way. So how do I teach my clients how to navigate the new norm, which is this? And so that's what I started to pivot into and creating more of my work around that. So, and then all the stuff I was doing in person, I just started doing it virtually instead. So. How much of a shift was that for you? Was it 
right away? Was it thinking through? Was it, I can still bring value the same way? Did you have to convince yourself that you can do it? I did have to convince myself. I'll be honest. It was hard because some people may look at my line of work and think, who needs that? Nobody's thinking about buying new stuff. Nobody's thinking about, you know, uh, shopping and, and creating a look like we don't, we're not, we're addressing, you know, just dealing with the day to day, right. Dealing with the pandemic. Like how do I, why should I care about how I show up? Right. So I kind of at first thought, Ooh, is this really needed? I mean, I went through that. I was like, wow, I don't even, it's just, there's so much other stuff happening that you start to question, like, is my work really needed right now? And then I started to realize, but it is, but it took a little bit of time to really you know, get connected to that. Yeah. How, how did you, because it, it, something tells me that you and I had the same experience where we weren't virus protected. And this punched us in the gut. And we had to reclaim our power. Specifically, what did you do? Was it just praying? Was it talking to others? Was it yoga, mindfulness? How did you get Tavia's mm, special power back? Yeah, it was talking to others. Um, also, people in my industry, you know, having those kind of connection circles uh, online, doing Zoom meetings and really just getting connected to other people. Also, I had a mentor. I took on a new mentor during the pandemic um, who was just huge in really teaching me how to own my value and mm -hmm. uh, step into that. Like, yes, my work is valuable. Yes, it is needed. People do want this as a tool, especially now. I started to realize, especially now, it's even more important. So I really got connected to that and it was through those different things, yeah. Let's, let's stay there. What exactly is image consulting? How <laughs> find it? What is it? The parameters, the totality, what is it? It's, I like to define it as it's teaching, people how to use image as a tool to really attract more opportunities. And when I say image, I don't just mean the way you look, although that is an aspect of it, but it is your appearance, your behavior, your body language, your communication style, your digital presence, how you use all of those tools to craft your image. And I incorporate a lot of personal branding into that, which is your values, your vision, your mission, and how do you create an image that showcases all those things? That's the power of your image because you get to, it's you. So how do you show you? I believe there's a, you can help me out with this, a show, Godzilla Bride or something like that where the Bridezilla, bride, I think. Yeah, Bridezilla. Have you ever had, uh, client who it seemed like didn't take all of his medicine <laughs> i mean where he just just gave you a hard time and i say his because i know you're a men's style expert mm -hmm. so share with us if it has happened someone who gave you your money's worth as opposed to 
the consummate club? Mm -hmm. Not really. I mean, I think I've been lucky. It's just, I mean, I will say something I really truly believe in, as, as you know this about me, is that I believe about in our energy. And I, I truly believe we have the power to attract exactly what we put out. So I, I tend to, luckily, knock on wood, magnetize clients that emulate the energy I'm putting out. So I don't really have clients like that. I've had clients that maybe you know, got a little anxious or overwhelmed because I get it. You know, sometimes like the experience of editing things, it, it is, you are, it is who you are, right? So there is that attachment sometimes to how we show up. It's our image and it's a part of us. It can be personal. And then also the shopping sometimes can be very stressful for people. And it's just, Sometimes, you know, that's the way it is. But I would say I never had anybody who like was like a Godzilla <laughs> type of person. So the consummate person is the person where your energy matches and that both of you are able to synergistically land on the same goal or you direct him to that goal mm -hmm. and you get there together. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, Shannon's on with the question or chat room. What's up? I just, you know, as I'm listening and I had uh, got an opportunity to take a look at your website and um, would you mind sharing with our guests who didn't, may not have had an opportunity before jumping on today, um, some of the things that you did mention to be Zoom ready to best represent yourself, even male or female, because um, you had some really good tidbits. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our, our guests some of those um, some of the things while we have you and they can ask even more questions about some of what you posted. Yeah. Well, we want to think of it this way. When we're on Zoom, we're on spotlight, right? All you see is this frame of yourself. So it's like you're on a spotlight in a TV. If you think about it that way, how do you showcase your best self that way? And so we want to think about our backgrounds. There's no distraction. We want to think about our lighting. I mean, I know I use this as my neutral background because I want to be I want to be the star of the show, basically. I mean, just because usually I'm leading something or teaching, and so I don't want any distraction. So I think it's it's key to do that, right? Because people easily get distracted. We look at what's going on behind us. We're reading the book or the looking at the picture on the table. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want any of that. So a plain background or a branded background like Dr. James has. Um, also thinking about what we wear. So we want to think about wearing colors that the light picks up on, you know, because keep going, keep going. Show up on camera, right? Doesn't like certain things. The, the black and white solid is very jarring. Busy patterns are very jarring. It's it's the camera doesn't react to it, so we can't necessarily dress the same way we do in person. Also, we're only seeing each other usually from the waist up. So what can you put on that shows some personality, you know, like uh, some accessories, things that people are going to see that highlight, you know, what's happening, right? Because they're not seeing the full you, they're only seeing the part of you. And so we want to make sure we're well-groomed. We're thinking about our outfits being, you know, looking professional. I'm not saying everybody has to wear a head-to-toe suit and be super formal. I think we're all more relaxed these days. Not many people wearing ties and things like that, but 
thinking about how can you create a very impactful image and even thinking about like smart casual also i want to say the way you dress does impact your mood and your mindset Ooh. and productivity so there's something called enclosed cognition and there's a lot of research done on this i talk about this a lot what we wear affects our mood and mm. how we feel so when we look a certain way we feel a certain way and there's a psychological aspect to that and it's been proven there's been many many studies on this it's the same way that you know if we go to a doctor's office we expect the doctor to show up looking a certain way it's it's psychologically embedded in our brain if we went to a doctor's office and this doctor wasn't wearing what we thought he should be wearing or he looked like kind of scrubby or not dressed professionally maybe he doesn't have the white jacket on some doctors don't wear that some do but you know what i mean this this would really impact our experience we may feel a little uncomfortable and we're not going to enjoy or create that trust with somebody who's taking care of our health it's it really is the same idea about how we dress and the power of it it, it people perceive us the way their subconscious mind wants to perceive us. There's expectations. Also, people who are working from home and also doing homeschooling but have that balance of looking good for the camera and then getting into the trenches with the children. Any tips or advice for having clothes ready to change into, or yeah. you tell your clients. It's say like you, you can have like Zoom shirts or Zoom ready <laughs> outfits. I mean, look, this is the new norm, right? We have to be prepared. And maybe you want to, I mean, even for me, I have quick changes where if I'm doing calls, I want to do a quick change, making sure, you know, I look a certain way on the Zoom, but then change into something else afterwards. Uh, I think that that's really what I've been telling people and that, you know, be comfortable if, you know, definitely wear pants. I will say, <laughs> please wear pants. You never want to get caught with that <laughs> pants, but, but you know, maybe wear comfortable pants. You know, there are a lot of brands are coming out with that now because they're realizing this is the need, right? That we are sitting at home and maybe, we, maybe our pants aren't looking like sweatpants, but there's more, you know, flexibility in what we wear. So mm -hmm. wearing comfortable, stretchy clothes. There's, I think, having things with stretch in it. Yeah, because some people, not mentioning any names, might have eaten a little bit more during the pandemic, so you might need a little bit more waistline. Um, I do have another quick question, one from the chat room. Uh, Deborah wants to know, can you describe a before and after situation? Mm -hmm. uh, one that you can share with us. I know visually on your website you share, um, you know, mm -hmm. do's and don'ts, but is there, can you share a, a before and after situation or story? Before and afters, I mean, I have so many, what can I say? Um, I would say one of my favorite clients, you know, he, he is a, consultant and a trainer and he was not getting the jobs the gigs that he wanted to get and and he realized that his image was really holding him back um, he had a very young look he looks younger than his age and he was also dressing a certain way he looked like a college frat guy to be honest <laughs> t-shirts and ripped jeans and he was like oh I didn't realize that this was a problem right and so after working with me, I really helped him craft 
an image that was more powerful, uh, that looked more mature, authoritative. And so because of that, he landed his first um, speaking training opportunity Fortune 500 company. So, was, it his, was it his naivete? Was he not getting feedback or he was not aware of- Not aware. Which he was conveying? Not aware. And it affected his mood a lot too, because something I noticed in all of my clients pretty much have a, a similar result. Like there's different results, right? But one thing I've noticed the most is when we step into this really, it's, it feels authentic to us, but it's almost like a next level image of who we are. It's like how we really want to show up. When we actually step into that and own it, there is something that happens. It's like a switch. And we all, all of a sudden feel, it's like, wow, this is, I feel powerful now. I feel more confident about myself. And guess what? The energy of that is then rippling outwards. And that's going to help what comes in as far as opportunities. There's also that aspect of it, I believe. How, how do you get them there? Is it through questions? Is it through a video? Is it through your coaching and inspiration? Having them read blogs or articles? How do you get them on that path? Um, all of the above, but you know, definitely I like to go in and do a, a session around creating the brand and you know, what is it is important to you? What do you stand for? What are those words that you want people to describe you as? Do you feel you come across as that? And what are other people thinking about you? And how do we create that image? Because I think that we all know that we, we can feel more powerful. And if this is a way to do it, yeah. it's just easy. This is something you could do like that. This is something- all right. I wanna be Idris Elba like that. Yeah. Like that. We could go to the store and walk out and you'd be like this. Other things, and I'm not negating any of the other work, right. transformational coaching, working with a fitness coach, all these things are really good and really important and different. But those things take time. This is something that it's like, boom, you could feel a certain way in an instant. Love it. Love it. Shan, what's happening out there? I'm just this is a personal question for me and I think for men and women might be a challenge and I want to see how you help your clients combat this because I know for me I struggle with this personally is how do you get someone like me or the gentleman you work with to say Tavia love it looks great on him looks great on her that is not going to look good on me. How do you shift that mindset? Because I'm petite and curvy. And when I look at women, I always compare myself to somebody who's tall and slender. Um, and then I go, oh, that's not going to look great on me. That looks good on her, but never me. So how do you shift that mindset? There's just not everything looks good on everybody. You have a unique um, style, uh, look, and also shape. I, what I do first, and I feel this is really an important part of the process, is I create a, like a vision board for you. Uh -huh. So once we have that initial conversation, I then create this, I call it a style vision board. And then I show you these images and you get connected now because you're, oh yeah, that's it. Now we're on the same page. So it doesn't feel like I'm forcing you to do anything, you know, because by the time we go shopping together, you're already on board. You're like, yeah, that's it. That's the look I want. So we can go and make magic at that point. 
So then it's just choosing the right things for you, for your body, for your stuff. And are you pulling different things and you're able to pull off of your vision board? Like say, Dr. James says, listen, not really into those slacks, but can I pull it off of this vision, you know, off of this guy's style and you start to custom make it for the individual? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. The only thing I can think of is like fashion plates when you're growing up and you change the different plates and you shade. <laughs> I take different things, different brands, different pieces and put them all to go together and, you know, create the look. I love it. And we do have another question from Deborah. You know, she'd always thought that working with a personal image coach was really expensive and she's not asking by any means about your fees. Um, but you know, what is the average cost, um, with someone or a one-on-one that one can anticipate in regards to working with a specialist? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's hard because everybody's different, you know, I think it's based on their experience. So, you know, I have quite a few years under my belt at this point. So, you know, and you're published and you internationally. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, I think that there's a lot of people out there that do a great job and they're more affordable. Depends. I think some, some charge by hour. I don't, I do packages, but I think, you know, could be anywhere from 500 to, and up. I mean, it depends on the person's experience. Most. Tate, if she if she wants to reach you, how can she reach you? We can put that in the chat room right now. That right. way, we can have a live conversation. That's right. Oh. oh, just tell us. We'll put it in the chat room for you. Oh, okay. Just my first name, Tavia at styledsharp.com. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, style sharp. What is your personal brand style? What's yours? That's a good question. I mean, I like to be, I'm a, I mean, I like to say I I like a very bold look. So Mm. I I tend to wear a lot of colors. Uh, I also like to mix and match, you know, like I have some feminine, but then also like some edgy leather jacket with my dress, you know, but I love the, the feminine edge. You know, I love my um, color. I love jewelry. I love makeup. I always wear a bold lipstick. That's one of my signature things. Mm. So it's kind of like a feminine, edgy style. And Is that one that you developed or you've gotten feedback or a combination of things? I think it's just kind of what I've started to develop through my years and working in fashion. I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, I think this is, I finally own my look because before Mm -hmm. I worked for brands. So if I'm working for a fashion brand, like for example, my last job, I was head designer at Calvin Klein. I dressed a lot like that culture because it's just kind of what you do when you work in fashion. It's like you're molded in a little bit into their brand. So I feel like that wasn't like a hundred percent who I was, it was like my version of their brand, but now I feel I've crafted my own personal. And, and what does that feel like? What does it mean to own your look? And how do you know you own it? What does that feel like? I think it's, you know, here's the, here's the misconception I want people to understand is that it is not my job to change anything. My job is to make you feel like you are the most authentic version of yourself. It's almost like taking you and making you the 2.0 version of yourself. Wow. Okay. It's, it's, it really is. And so I think it's cranking up the dial. It's, it's, it's making you 
feel like, wow, that's what I always wanted to look and feel like. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know how to create that. And that's my job to help you create that. So I think for me, owning my look is when I look and feel a certain way and I just, I, I feel good about it. Like I feel confident about it. And you know, although the difference, when we dress a certain way, people are looking at us, giving us compliments, giving us feedback, because we are owning the look and people want to, guess what? They gravitate towards us. It's then a talking point. What advice would you give to the person who says, listen, I'm working on my look, I wanna own it, but I work in a very conservative organization or I work in this type of organization, which is somewhat counter to what they want to become. Mm. What would you have for that person? Yeah, that's a hard one because we can't go too far out of, you know, what's expected. So mm -hmm. I think it's really just adding something that feels a little like a subtle difference. Maybe it's color, pattern, um, accessories that feel unique to us, you know, like you're wearing your lapel pin, something that feels a little bit more like us, you know, but we're still fitting into the conservative box, just taking it up a notch with color, because I think that's what happens, right? We tend to look super conservative and we don't think, oh, well, we could add in these other things that make it a little bit more feel like us. I was going to ask you about that, other things a signature style, a signature look, whether it's a scarf or a hanky, what types of other signature apparel do you coach on? Um, okay, so it's, I love to say uh, accessorize with your personality. So wow. finding a fun accessory that is feeling like you. Is it the pocket square? Is it your, maybe, I know some of my clients love bow ties and that is their mm. thing. Or is it a lapel pin? Is it a watch? Is it a piece of jewelry? Uh, for me, I, I consider my lipstick as something that's very signature to me. Uh, it could be different things like that that really highlight who you are and how you want to stand out. I'm thinking cufflinks. I'm thinking your name on your cuff or initials, something yes. like that. Shan, what's up? What's up? Dr. James, your glasses, just them. Yeah, right. All of those, all of those, I wear any of that, and any of that shoes, fun shoes, socks. I love it. I just wanted to say that Steve um, all, had a question for you. Do you do the um, color analysis also? Do you do that as well? Yeah, I do. I do a small, not like in depth one. Mine is more, you know, related to the person, their skin tone, their hair color. Um, I'll give them. You know, here's the colors that I feel work best for you and here's the colors to stay away from. So it's not like a super in-depth one. I don't yeah. use some, some image consultants use the color scarves and all that. I actually don't um, just, I don't really think that that's, it's just too much. I feel like I just try to make it easy for my clients. Here's what works and here's what doesn't. That's here's great. what you should do. Yeah. And then Maria says, hey, you know, what guidance do you have on how to maximize your investment in, a, uh, in new purchases if you're on a limited budget for clothing and jewelry? For example, quality brands with classic timeless looks versus more affordable uh, for quantity and variety. Yes. Okay. So, oh, I have a lot of tips on this, but I'll try to keep it succinct. Uh, you want to invest in the pieces 
that are going to last you the longest that you want to last. Think about shoes, right? Coat, bag, things that are more classic that can last you over a period of time that you're not gonna be changing every season. You wanna invest in those pieces. And then the other thing I like to do is create a more capsule wardrobe. So finding the perfect amount of items to create a capsule wardrobe. So all those items within that capsule wardrobe actually work together. You can mix and match them and style the most amount of looks that you can. Like that is really the key. Because when we just buy a bunch of random stuff, it's, it's kind of a waste. We want to really maximize on the things, the purchases we make. So I think um, that's my suggestion. Well, you mentioned shopping with your clients. What's that experience like? Going to the store, trying on clothes, or, or you pick it out, or he picks it out, or give my ears eyes. What's that? What is that like? <laughs> I'm doing it two ways now. Some of it's online, right? Because just of the way of the world right now. And so mm -hmm. the online experience, is I will shop for my clients and put it into their own virtual shop page right, nice. I create for them. They can just click and buy from there. I curate that page for them. Um, and, then, and, then the, and then we look at those items when they get them in, we review them together. Uh, I'm still doing the in-person shopping. That looks like me choosing, creating a shop plan, choosing the items, the gaps in the wardrobe, creating a shop plan, choosing and selecting the stores and the items ahead of time. So my client really just has to show up, try on, and we decide what to buy. Just now you said the gaps in the wardrobe. What do you mm -hmm. mean by that? Of course it's where they are and where they're going to be, but it landed on me a little more powerfully. What's a Ooh. gap in the wardrobe? Things that are needed that they just don't realize they need, uh, they, they don't have them in their wardrobe, or maybe they need to be updated because they're outdated or they don't fit properly anymore. And so once I review a wardrobe with somebody, which I do virtually, we have a virtual session, I have them pre-select things ahead of time and then they may try on, you know, during our meeting and we decide, you know, okay, this has got to go, this needs updated, this is a gap, like you don't even have this item in your wardrobe. Wow, okay. So, and that's what I realized because I want to create a wardrobe that is very functional in a way. Yes, it's going to make you look good, but these are the things you're going to get the most use out of. Those, that's what I like to do. I'm, I, don't not, I don't really believe in trends too much, although it's important to talk about them, you know, especially as the seasons change or certain items we should be thinking about incorporating. But I, I believe in really buying the items that are just going to last and not have to switch up too often. Mm -hmm. Speaking of switching up, you went to school for women's fashions, mm -hmm. but now you're a male style branding experts you switched up what contributed to that what was there a turning point what moved you to work with men more so than women yeah i mean i just fell into it when i got to new york you know my first job was actually in um, young men's and boys and kids and then i worked you did that for about a year and a half and then i got a job at nautica in menswear 
And once I started that, I said, wow, I really enjoy designing menswear. In a way, you have to be more creative because men's silhouettes, like the garments, don't really change too much. If you think about it, a shirt's shirt, right? But what changes is the pattern, the details, um, very small, little subtle things. And in a way, you have to really think outside the box. It's like, what is new that's going to be different, right? And so I got more interested in that. You know, I love creating patterns, uh, meaning like the stripes, the plaids, the print that goes on the shirt, and then the silhouette that highlights it the best. And so I kind of, I just really enjoyed that. And so I did a lot of print pattern. Well, and throughout my career, after that, I was in menswear, you know, so I worked at Macy's and then Calvin Klein, always in menswear. And guy, guy friends, boyfriends, whoever would always ask me for advice. And I thought, <laughs> wow, there's a need for this because in New York City, there's a lot of people that do what I do, but they really only focus on women. And um, sometimes the men are an afterthought. And I thought, well, what about men? You know, they need guidance and they want the help. And so this is, this is what I do, you know? So I'm like, well, I can well, help you guys. So that's what happened. I was about to ask the question, but Shannon popped in. What's the word? Dr. James, there's no word. It's just in my head. But of course, on Tavia's website as well, Dr. James, just when you thought her talent couldn't get any greater, our guests need to know, Tavia, about the entire section you have and your expertise as well hooking up the single men and talking about dating. Can we just, can we go there? Dr. James, can we go there for a second? I've been married 20 years, so I'm very interested. And my husband's very stylish. He puts me to shame. So please tell, tell us about, tell us about that gifting. <laughs> that is funny. Um, <laughs> so when I say I teach people how to use image as a tool, how to leverage it as a tool to get dateable, promotable, and investable, the dateable aspect has been huge in, in helping my clients because it's about knowing that you want to like look and feel more attractive. And I have noticed that even my clients that are married want to feel that way too. And so as a single man, you know, this is a huge thing that could shift your energy and your confidence level. And so yeah, that's been a big part of my business is helping my single clients get dateable because once they dress a certain way, guess what? They feel good about themselves. Their online profile pictures are better. Their dates are like, wow, more, wow, this person put in the effort and how they look. So they get girlfriends. They want to find their ideal matches. So this is a tool that can help you. So definitely helping a lot of men in that area. There's a common theme in a lot of what you're sharing around energy mm -hmm. and feel and self-esteem. And I guess they're, they're, they just go hand in hand. I think so. Yes. What, what contributes to a style change? For instance, I've been seeing a lot of male sports commentators have suits on, but have a stylish sneaker on. Didn't see that in the past. And they, they rock it very well. It, it, are we more into an informal society or, or what contributes, yeah, what contributes to a style change? Hmm. Do you mean more like in, um, 
you know, like as a societal change or somebody's? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say societal change because I'm I'm seeing more more pop, more stripes with plaids, more different colors together. Uh, with men, more comfort with their shoes. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. what what mm -hmm. a trend like that? What creates your thoughts on that? I think that's just um, you know industry trends. You know the fashion industry is very powerful, and, and you know when I worked in fashion, we had experts that created trend forecasting. Like, here's what the trend is for this year, for this season, you know? And so everybody kind of follows that. And we tend to get trends from other countries too, like Paris and, and Fashion Week. And that trickles down and creates the trend that becomes this like kind of norm where you start to see it everywhere. And then you see celebrities kind of taking on that trend or influencers. Now we have influencers and social media taking on these trends and then it's just, we keep seeing it over and over again. Now we adapt the trend. So it's just how it works. Um, it's very interesting though. I've always been fascinated by that. The psychology of the trend. Yeah, yeah, totally. Do you work with professional speakers who have to be on stage and they have a certain style? So maybe the fabric, the color, the, mm -hmm. the look itself. Yes, yes. And is that getting to know them, finding out about their speaking style? Mm -hmm. Tips there? All of that, yes. It's important to know, you know, even the speaking topic, I think. The topic, the style. Uh, do you need movement? Does it need to be functional? Uh, are you doing things virtually now? What, what is the, the, the need that you have? And how do you create a brand that fits those needs? A, a, I would say a personal brand style that fits those needs. Um, it's all of the above, you know, because all that matters for you. And it's like, then it's my job to find those pieces that fit within that. Let's stay there. What advice would you have for someone who is changing their brand or rebranding? Mm -hmm. Of course, where they were to where they're going to go. Is it gradual? Is it a Oh, right away is it what goes into your work when you're helping someone rebrand it's i think it's a transition it's usually not like boom right away because there's a process um so i, I feel like it changes and you start to see the subtle changes mm. and then once somebody sees the changes and gets i'll say it the, the, the positive reinforcement because that's what happens right we start to change and then people reinforce what's happening. Like, oh, wow, did you get a new look? Oh, I like that color on you. Something's different. A lot of my clients say, did you lose weight is a comment they get. Did you lose weight? You look great. Like there's something that changes and people start to notice. So then it becomes this little bit of a gradual change. So I think the rebrand process can be not like that, but we can if that's what we want, right? We want to create an impact quickly. But also, I think it should align with your brand overall, like your website and the photo shoot and, and um, your messaging and how you want to show up on social media in this digital world. You know, when you put your content out, what are the photos? What is the, the look that you're creating? All of that has to work together. Your personal style has to work with all of that. Does it feel authentic to you, but also relatable to your 
potential clients. Speaking about potential, 2019 for you has not been, was not what 2020 is for you. <laughs> what do you see in the future with regard to your coaching, your styling, your branding, and possibly a hybrid situation? Yeah. What do you see going forward? What are you visioning? What's on that vision board? Yeah. Future. I see um, more branding work and actually partnering with um, branding specialists, people that do copy and that uh, do websites, rebrands, because I feel that my role is just as important or if not more important than some of those things because we are our brand. So sometimes, honestly, nowadays we don't even need a website. I could just put myself out on social media, create a landing page and boom. Um, so website, they're still important. They're still a tool, but I would say you as the brand needs to be of utmost importance. So working with more branding people, that's what I see. Um, and then also for my, for myself, I'm doing more speaking and doing virtual speaking opportunities, workshops, and, um, working with more small businesses and teams. Good. That's real good. Yeah. A question around uh, the speaking and the writing was based on my research. I know you're in the midst of writing a book or you have written a book and you, and you have spoken. What do you see that looking like in the future? Definitely I'm working on my book and I want to, yes, I want to launch that next year. And now, you know, I'm going to hold you to it, right? Because <laughs> yes, I, I do. <laughs> That's right. That's good. Need to do that. And then just speaking. Um, I mean, my topic is really around this personal branding and, and your personal style. So it's kind of hand goes hand in hand in what I've been teaching. And yeah. so, yeah, it's really just going into that more. And how do we utilize that now because i don't see this changing very much you know like i've talked to so many people at this point and companies are not going back to the way that they were we're not 100 percent going to be in an office setting going it's just it's going to change whether that's hybrid whether that's full 100 percent working from home we'll see but we have to get used to this as the new norm. So I really, I'm going full in with that and helping support people, you know, how to show up powerfully and create an impactful image online. Question, and it's my story. I don't know if it's truth or not, but it's my perspective. I know growing up, I had my barber, hmm. mechanic, my cleaner, having your guy or gal. I don't hear a lot of people talking about having their personal brand image stylist and everything you're sharing right now is right on point. It's extremely helpful. Why don't you think more people have more people like you in their lives? Hmm. I, think. I don't know. I mean, I think um, it has to become more of, of, of a, a need versus a want. I think a lot of people see it as a want versus a need. And that's just what happens, right? So it's, 
how do you create this as a need in your in your life and for me that is usually people that want to create more opportunities attract more opportunities and i imagine that some may perceive that the value you bring or people who do what you do is extremely unaffordable. And I, I think, and again, it's my story, but that might play a role. Having a personal yes. brand stylist, can I afford it? And as a result, not do the research or look, investigate or look into it to see what type of relationship or arrangement you can put together. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think you're right. And some people view it as like, oh, celebrities can afford stylists, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's some expensive out of touch service. And I don't think that is the case, you know, um, it can be, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, there, there are needs people have different needs. So, you know, I'm, I'm usually flexible on that. You know, I do have set packages that I know that people are going to need, but it, you know, if I need to customize something for somebody, then that's, and so be it, because all my clients are different. So, yeah. Well, I imagine that some people after this session or later this evening will be looking in their closet a little differently. What would you tell them to look for as they begin to start thinking about making a shift? Yes. Any quick advice? I would say that I want you to open up your closet and say, do these clothes make me feel like the most powerful version of myself? Mm. Ask yourself what those three words are that best describe you and the way you want to be seen. And then look at those clothes and say, does this highlight those? And if it doesn't, then you definitely need to be thinking about how you can transform that because it's a tool just like any other tool in your toolkit. So this is, this is a, the power of clothing and how you can transform how you show up in the world. And you said how you want to be seen. Yes. Not necessarily how you're currently seen. Correct. Which means they have to do some research, some digging, some self-awareness, self-analysis based on where I am in my life. Mm -hmm. How do I want to feel? How do I want to project that and how I want others to see me? That's some work. That's yeah. <laughs> really like, does it align with your goals? You know, what's your role? What's your goal in life? Does, does this wardrobe align with that? It needs to. I really need to emphasize this because I want people to understand that this is something that we, we are judged no matter if we think it's fair or if we like it or not, it's just human nature. It's the subconscious belief people have in their head. And so people will think things about you and they won't share it with you, but they're thinking it up here. So the most, the most I can say is that I want you to take that power back. Do not give these people the power anymore. You get to create that. You get to be intentional about how people are perceiving you. So take your power back and say, mm -mm, this is how I want to be seen today and I'm going to show up and I know what it's saying to this other person. That is, that is huge. I heard you give us two really 
good to do's of the closet doesn't match where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Take your power back. Are there any don't do these? You gave us two do's. Are there any don'ts? Hmm. Are there any don'ts? Um, and one would be the opposite of taking your power back. It'll be don't give your power away. I was just going to say, uh, don't ignore this anymore. Hmm. <laughs> don't. And I feel that I have to say that sometimes. Like, stop ignoring it. It matters. It does. You like to say, practice what you post. <laughs> A lot of people post about things that may or may not be true. Right. What I'm also hearing is a lot around being authentic. Yes. Which is self-knowledge and self-regulation. Mm -hmm. so, Shan, one more question or a chat room or? I have a question, but I just wanted to make a comment to that uh, before I, yeah. I ask the question is just that maybe, maybe today, I would have to say maybe folks are watching and saying there's that one missing ingredient and this was it and maybe they just didn't know that that ingredient was missing to make them feel their best. Um, but we have somebody who wants to know, would you take on a female client and how would you decide in general what clients to take on? That's a good question. Um, and I do work with some female clients. I think it just, for me, it's always about the right fit. You know, it's just, are we going to have fun together? Are we going to get along? Are you going to be coachable? Like that, that matters to me. Cause if not, it doesn't feel good and, and we won't have a fun experience. And I want this to be fun. This isn't about like, Ugh, I don't like doing this. I want it to be fun and engaging and I, it's a relationship. So I, that's, that's what matters to me. Mm -hmm. That's good. And Cecily um, has mentioned, you know, maximize your uh, closet by color coordinating and group styles together, skirts, shirts, dresses, et cetera. Break up your suits, make the best of, uh, <laughs> make the best of what you have. And she also mentioned that it just brings such value uh, what you do um, yeah. to everyone's life, so. Awesome. Oh, Tavia, a lot of positive feedback, uh, a lot of good reinforcement I'm going to ask you with regard to reinforcement. The plane's about the land, the curtain's about the clothes. You have the mic, you're going to look right into that camera and give them some last end of the show. Tavia Sharp styled feedback on what they could be doing going forward, the future of branding, just your ending. I would say them branding is what people say about you when you are not in the room mm. what is it that you want to leave them with what do you want to leave behind so that you make the most powerful impression whoever it is you never know where that next opportunity is it could be right around the corner so don't miss out create that right you get to have that control and the one thing we have control over is our image we get to control that. So take the control and create an impactful image. And in doing that, based on your experiences, what have people let get in the way of doing what you just said? Taking that control, taking that power, being more authentic. Mm -hmm. What have you seen people get in the way or the excuses for doing what you just said do? I think, um, there's some limiting beliefs 
I hear a lot about that because it, it, this is our, our self-image. I mean, it's a part of us, right? So it may feel uncomfortable to step into that. Mm. And I think that's where the coaching part comes in because we have to feel like we are ready to step into this next version of ourselves. And then I think sometimes people think like, oh, I'm going to have to spend a lot of money, you know, on this. And I would say, to be honest, Sometimes we don't even need to buy things like, or that much, like just changing your style doesn't mean buying new clothes. That's actually not true. I mean, it can, it can, but what's, what's the treasure you got hiding in that closet? I like to find and dig for the treasure in there so that we can just like do a little remix of what you have. Cause that could be powerful in and of itself. Awesome. Tavy, can you tell us one more time how people can reach you? Sure. Okay, my website, styled sharp, S T Y L E D S H A R P. So styledsharp.com or Tavia at styledsharp.com. And my social media is at styledsharp. Okay, I know you're all over social media. <laughs> yes. I want to thank you for your insight, for your candor, for your humor. Uh, you kept it real. It was fun. It was fun interview. Yes. And I look forward to uh, bringing you back to share more of what you're doing and how you're doing and where you're going. Oh, thank you for having me. This Absolutely. was so fun. And for the folks who are out there, you heard authenticity. You heard reclaiming your power. You heard jumping and stepping into your bigness. The universe this year has said, this is gonna be an uncommon year. The universe has shaken this world up. And for you to leave this pandemic the way you went into it will be doing yourself a disservice. The world is saying change right now. Step up, do more of what you're doing, do it in a different way. Be disruptive, disrupt ordinary. But the time is now. I hope the words that Tavia shared and the questions Shannon asked and you asked and that I posed will help you as you head to your closet in a few minutes and take a look at what needs to change. We'll see you again next week on the Dr. James Show, 12 o'clock on Tuesday. Take care and style sharp. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.